0: Today I am going to take you on a journey of the last eight weeks. And I, I started this thing on Disciple, and I know sometimes we get into the mode of uh, preaching a series because, well, we need something, a theme to preach on. I, I want you guys to know I'm so passionate about this theme right here that I believe that there will be no future church whatsoever if we don't do what God said to do. This isn't me saying it. Jesus, we, we always talk about the Gospels, and the Gospel is the cross, and the Gospel is uh, Jesus raising the dead to life, and the Gospel, all those. But do you realize in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the whole series of the Gospel of Jesus going to the cross and salvation was wrapped around 12 men that were to continue it after he left? They, they were the messengers of what it is. To, to, to have the message and have no messengers... Kills the point of the message. You, you see, somebody's got to be told. Romans says, how will they know without a preacher? So I, we've got to get to the mindset for us as a church that we are not just here gathering. We're here to make disciples. And you say, what about the gospel? That is the gospel. Go into all the world teaching them to observe all things. It's not just, you know, reach them and dunk them and put them in a pew. So this is what I'm going to do today, if you guys will allow me, I'm going to preach one of the most complicated messages I've ever done. Not complicated in the fact that you're not going to get it, but complicated in the fact that I want to go back all the way to the beginning, and I want to walk you guys all the way through this discipleship thing, And because, I mean... Honestly, even go through my notes, some of it I'm thinking, oh, man, I forget, forgot how this all connects, and I, I don't want to. If, if you're new today and you said, man, I haven't been here for any of this, I, I want you guys to get this understanding as we go through this. So I'm going to ask Dominic if he'll join me on the stage. Dominic, you'll come up here. And is Brent Matheny in here? If Brent Matheny is in here, dude, can I use you? Awesome. You're awesome. I'm, I'm going to have these come, guys come up on the stage. We've got to understand, you, you've got to get the fact that you cannot make something that you're not. Amen. Do, do we understand? We've got to be disciples. The disciples went out, were called by Jesus, and Jesus formed them into what they need to be. And we, we have a big problem in the world because the world has, has no clue what their calling is. And if you're not understanding this concept, do you realize that when they think that they were created by God for money and fame and popularity... And they've got, and these people they got their own private yachts, they've got their own islands, they've got all private jets, and all these things, and all the popularity. And what what do they have that they're still dealing with searching for something? You know why? Because they will never find purpose and happiness in the stuff of this world. And we can say amen to the world and look at it. But I'm telling you, it's just as true in the church. You will never find your identity in anything else. So, Brent, in our play, Blaze Jesus, does a phenomenal job, great job. Amen. And uh, I want Dominic, I, I want you today to represent uh, the, the person, the, the, every, every one of us in here. I want you, to, you guys to come over here, and I'm going to show you guys from the very beginning, and this is going to be review, and I'm going to take 80% of my time to review, and then I'll introduce the last point today as we close things out. When we were, and I, I know he's just a man, but for the sake of illustration, when God created man, okay, when God created man, we were created in the image of God. We find our identity in him the same way that a child finds his identity in his father, and the way that they begin to carry on his characteristics and things like that. And what happened was sin came in the world and separated us. Okay, that's, that's the story of sin right there. This is what Satan did. And now that we're separated from God, we're also separated from our identity and our purpose in this life. There is no peace outside of God. There is no joy outside of God. There's no satisfaction outside of God when we've been separated. Here, let me represent sin right now. This is what sin did in the world. It separated us, and Satan is really happy about this. And here man is, apart from God, trying to find identity. So now when you get all upset at the world sitting there, I don't know if I'm a boy or a girl. You know why they don't know? Because that's the answer. That's the answer. I don't question. I don't struggle with those things. You know why? Because I've met the one that taught me. I am created in the image of God. I know who I am, why I'm here, and what I'm to do because he tells me. We get mad at the world going, what's wrong with you? Don't you know that's wrong? You were created to be a guy. You were created to do this. You were created with these things. What's wrong with you? They'll never get it apart from God. So we've got to understand this. So So a disciple, let let me explain. If we're going to be one, a disciple is one that finds his identity in Christ. When we came and we met Jesus, I'll tell you, all of a sudden I realized who I am. I am a child of God. I am a child of the King. And I tell you, my whole perspective on life began to change. And I know who I am and I know why I'm here. I am his masterpiece. And I know we joked about that. And you say, Tony, you don't look like a masterpiece. You, I, I might not be to you, but in the eyes of God, I am a masterpiece. Amen. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And I don't know that until I met Jesus. Amen. A disciple is one that finds his identity in God. A disciple is one who finds his purpose in Christ. When Jesus came and he started calling the disciples, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. All of a sudden they were like, "Oh, God began to call them to a purpose. You know you know why a lot of people end up depressed and they end up frustrated. they end up they don 't know why they 're here, and it 's sad when people in the church don 't understand their purpose. Amen. Your purpose is to glorify God, not just show up on a sunday we 're here to glorify and point people to Jesus." So Jesus was there, and they found their identity in Christ. They found their purpose in Christ. But he didn't leave it there. It wasn't just that. Jesus began to change them. Let, let me just, de- by definition, explain to you, when you meet Jesus, Jesus will change you. You have the Spirit of God that comes inside of you. And I'll I, I tell you, if you claim this, and Dominic, if you'll step over here, and you look like this, and you're still over here trying to figure things out, and you look more like the world than you do God, something's wrong. Something's wrong. And, and we got so many people that when they come up to us, they, they walk right past us. They don't see Jesus. You know why? Something's wrong with the relationship that should be with Jesus. Because, Dominic, when you get with Jesus, all of a sudden, He began to teach us and change us the renewing of our mind. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. God changes us. I mean, a lot of people say, I just don't believe that. I'm not saying that we have to wear all black and live up in the woods or something. I, 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 I'm, but God changes us from the appearance of sin and calls us into light. And there's a difference between darkness and light. There's a difference what God has called us to be holy, for he is holy. We're changed by Christ. And the disciple is one who loves God with all his heart, soul, mind, and might. So here Jesus is with Peter that one day. And he says to him, Do you love me? And Peter says, Lord, you know that I love you. But only in the Greek. He was saying, Lord, you know that I like you. Jesus was saying, no, Peter, do you love me? Agape, love me with all your heart. Jesus wasn't playing. Let me tell you, you can claim that you love Jesus and you follow Jesus. Jesus isn't wanting to know if you like him. He wants to know if you are sold out for him. This wasn't a casual encounter with Jesus on this day. This wasn't a passive thing with Jesus. Then he said, Do you love me? Do you love me? And he asked him three times, getting him to understand that we are to love God with all of our heart, our soul, our body, our mind, our might, our talents, our abilities, our future, everything. It's all you. I tell you, you'll never experience what we're about to get into until you understand that God said, I want all of you, your brain, your heart, your talents, your abilities, everything. Peter, you say, what was the big deal about that? Oh, when we turned the page and got the Acts, we saw the big deal because when Peter figured out his identity and his purpose and loving God and everything else that he got, he went out and started a revival in Acts chapter 2 and they, by, by chapter 17, they turned the world upside down. God cannot turn the world upside down with passive people. Amen. Here it is, oh, somebody else will do it. Not my job. Oh, no, you know, we, we make up, and God can't use that. Do you love me? And then on week five, a disciple is one that goes, reaches, and trains others. So at the end of this relationship, not the end of the relationship, but the physical Jesus on earth... He goes up to him and says, all right, you find your identity in man. You find your purpose in man. You know to love the Lord thy like God with all that heart, soul, mind, and might. And then Jesus said, go. Go. I want you to go, go, and teach all men. Baptizing them, reaching them, training them, educating them. That's your job. Now, I'm not saying that this relationship ever changes. But guys, I, I want you to understand that we are people on a mission, we we've got a job to do we've got a responsibility to do To whom much is given much shall be required So i'm going to tell you right now if you've been given much God's going to say what are you going to do with what I gave you? I'm going to give you our purpose statement as we get into this next part about we go from being a disciple Brent you can go know me. I, I love you going from Being a disciple you got to stay here <laughs> To making a disciple can I read for you guys how we rolled our purpose statement into our church? Fellowship Baptist Church is a family. Because we're a family. We're not a clique. We're not a club. We are a family. I have a Heavenly Father. This is my brother in Christ. We, we, we are here together. This is a family. We're a family that exists to make disciples that love God, love others, and serve both. So we've got to go from understanding that we're not just to be a disciple. Thank God, Domina. I'm using you as an illustration because I look at you as somebody that I said, man, he's, he's a follower of Jesus Christ. I, I, those characteristics, I believe, are lived out in this man. Thank you. But now look at Now he's got a job. So Domina, I, I want you to find someone that we could make a disciple I want you to. I, I want you to find someone that has a, And I'm, I'm going to give this to you, so you, you get to be part of this. I, I want you to go get somebody, and why he's going to get somebody. I'm going to go get somebody because we're going to we're going to continue the illustration. You might sit there and say this person isn't much, but you're right. <laughs> I guarantee your person is going to look better than my person. I promise you. For for you guys that have been here through all of this. You're, you're going to understand this as we get into this. When, when, when God calls us to make disciples, you've got to understand that it takes work. This is how people come, because if we're going to be in the image of God, and I, I gave you guys this silly illustration of, of making chairs, of how God takes this and conforms us into his image, and we have purpose, and we have design, and we all those things. If we were, if we were to look at it in the physical illustration of this... That started somewhere along the line of looking like this. But thank God God doesn't leave us like this because God reaches us and God changes us and God conforms us and God works in us and God does all of those things the same way that God works in us. And God uses us to reach each other. But the thing is, no, don't take offense to anything that I'm about to say, okay, because you're just an illustration. <laughs> you look much, much better looking than this, okay, so. Dominate takes work. Do, do you know why I feel like the church stopped wanting to go after this? Because we're, we're, we're hunting for a lot of these. We'd rather drag these into our churches. You, you know what I'm saying? We're, we're looking for the people walking through the door that l- have it all together. And God, God went looking for that woman at the well that looked more like this. And Jesus got a hold of that woman, and you look at her and say, she isn't much. But God was like, hey, wait, wait, wait. You don't see the potential that I see. Wait till I get a hold of her. Wait till I work in her life. Because by the time Jesus was done with the woman at the well, she was sprinting in the town saying, come see the man that I told me everything that I've ever done. They go in the town, reach Jesus, and then come back and bring him back into the town. And they had revival that broke out with this. I, I think we've, man, thank God for the people that have been in church for years and years and years. But I'll tell you, there won't be a church in 50 years or 25 years until we get go after these. So it takes work, but I'll tell you, it gets messy because they have issues. We all have issues, so they don't take offense to that either. <laughs> Jesus in the middle of that was says, So, go get your husband. And she was like, I've been married. I'm okay, and then he said, like, five times, that's what you meant to say, ma'am, five times. See, the people that walk through the doors of our church don't have it all together. The people that you work with don't have it all together, and by the way, neither do you. That's right. Neither do you. Man, we walk around like, we got it all together, no, 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 we don't. It takes works, it, it, it gets messy, and it takes self-sacrifice, because All of a sudden, in order to reach people, man, we gotta go to them. Here Jesus is, in the heat of the day, skipping lunch for this. And all of a sudden, God began to work in her life and change everything. So I wanna, can I bring you to this side and help you understand that? In order to lead somebody, Dominic, in order for you to lead her to that, this is stage number one. The first step To leading someone, to becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ is their heart. It's a relationship with God. They must learn to love God. You know how often we mess this up because we skip this and all of a sudden they go through the motions and they get out of church and everything fails in their life? Because it's with the heart that man believes is under righteousness. Man, Jesus reached his heart because Jesus showed her love here he here is, give me to drink. You have nothing to draw with. I'll drink out of yours. I'm a Samaritan. You're not even supposed to be talking to me. Amen. Jesus broke down all those love, those walls with love and showed compassion and care for that person. Dominic, we're never going to reach people to get them over there until we show them love because you know how they come to Jesus like this. They're just like, I'm not one of you, and I mess up, and I've got mistakes in my life, and I've got a past, and I've had an abortion, and I'm on my third marriage, and I've got an addiction, and me and my husband argued all the way to church today, and I don't know, we come to God like this. She's like, How are you talking to me, you being a Jew? And Jesus said, Can I have a drink? And she's like, What? <laughs> it's time our love captures the attention of the lost they turn around and they say, Hey, that ain't normal. I'm I'm not used to hearing that. We lead them to relationship with God. I'm gonna have you stand right here because this is what happened. Dominic, we're gonna form a church. It's gonna be a different church than we had last week, okay? But I want to show you guys because we not only lead them to love God, we lead them to love others. Is, is Bruce Hilton in here? If Bruce is in here, I'm, I'm going to ask Bruce to come up on the stage. I'm, I'm Lloyd. If you'll come up on the stage and stand at the end, and Carrie, if you'll come stand next to Lloyd, and um, I, I need a couple of other people. Let me see, Pastor Chris, can I use you? Would you mind if I use you? I'd love to use you. I ne- I need one more person. I need a, a lady volunteer. Do I have a lady, lady volunteer? You, yeah, come on, Ms. Joanne. Come on up here. All right, this is a good-looking church. I, can, I can't. I'll tell you guys what I'm about to do. I, I can't wait to show you. And I know this is going to seem very simple, but I'm telling you, I, need, I, I love to visualize things to understand how, how God works. So I'm, I'm going to have to move you guys around because actually, Bruce, if, if you'll come down here. And then Chris, if you'll come stand between them. And then and Miss Joanne, if you'll stand between that, This looks like a game or something we do in junior church. And then I need you two to switch. <laughs> and now we got it. See, I, I, I love this because here's what happens. When you're born, I, the coolest thing happens. Now, I don't, you're not going to like this or you might like this. You're born into a family. The, the Bible says when man believes in his heart... And when we get it, the bio, Jesus was talking to the Nicodemus and he said, you must be born again. And, and, and finding out that you're born into this family, you're, you're not by yourself anymore. So I'm, I'm going to have you step o- over here and welcome to the family. Isn't that an amazing thing? Now, I'm going to tell you something about this family. They're, they're all different. Every, every one of these people is different. You know, what's cool about the fact that they're different is the fact that that's what makes family so special. God doesn't have a cookie cutter where he does that because God's going to use these people because it's not only about loving God. And I'll tell you, if, if you guys caught it this morning, I hope you learned to love God this morning because with us praising God this morning and preaching the word of God and the fellowship and everything that we're doing, I'm here. That's one of my goals as a church on Sunday morning to lead you to love God. But it doesn't stop there because the Bible says the second greatest commandment in the Bible is not only to love God, but the second one is to love one another. God brings us into a family. And if you walk with me, I'm going to show you what happens. Each one of these people are going to work differently in your life. And I illustrated this last week. There's some of them that's going to call you out and say, Hey, I I missed you last week. And some of them are, she's probably going to be the one that looks at you and says, You know what? You don't look yourself today. Is everything okay? Great. Isn't it great that we have people that will sit there and say, hey, I've got an idea. I'd love for you to get involved with something, and they're going to provoke you to love and good works. And all of a sudden, that's what family does. Guys, family doesn't walk out of the church like drones. I went to church today. I did my job. Time to go to O'Charlie's. It's like, (laughs) oh, great. Where in the Bible says, and thou shalt go to church and sit in a seat and stand and sing and sit and listen, walk out and go out to eat. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some, but exhorting one another. You know what the exhorting is? That, that means a call near. Thank you. You beat me to it. <laughs> and all of these people are provoking and loving and working as a team. And each one of them have a part. And each one of them speaking to each other is different. And I tell you, we, we go out of our way. And this, this is why we have life groups. This is why we have classes. This is why we connect. You're going you're to be part of a family that's got your back. Because I'll be honest, in this crowd right here, you're not going to connect to everybody like this crowd up here could connect to everybody. And I tell you, we get into today's message, and and it's going to be a short one. I know you're thinking, man, he's already rambled on forever, but I want you guys to get the idea of what's going on. The Bible says that iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friends. Do you know how God knocks the edges off and creates us into this? God does that through this. And if you sit there and you're avoid Christians all the time, God's not working in your life. And you say, well, God, God's the one that works in my life. And yeah, God uses us to do it. Yeah. You, every person here is a tool in the hand of God to sharpen and change lives for the glory of God. That is what we do. Iron sharpens iron. Sticks make sticks sharper and better and usable for the glory of God. Because the thing is. Brother Lloyd here will know something that I don't know, and he's able to help a part of my life that I couldn't do by myself. I'm going to pull you out of the family for a minute and have you stand right back there because I've got one more principle. Making disciples, we lead them to love God. Making disciples, we lead them to love one another. But it doesn't stop there, she's got a purpose in her life. You think that her job is just to walk through here and not be part of it? Absolutely not. See, the Bible says in Ephesians 4, 16, whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by which every joint supplieth, every one ministering to one another. And then he goes on. From the, according to the effectual working, working of every part. Meaning that every part of the body has a job to do. Hey guys, if we, if, we, if we leave it and say, man, I love God, and I love each other, and we don't learn to take all of this to serve both, we've missed something, because that is what the, the third part of what God is doing here. The effectual working. Psalm 100, verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. John 4, 34, Jesus saith unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. John 9, 4, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh with no man can work. We work. We serve. I'll tell you, you know how cool this is right here? I'm serious. Do you know how cool Pilate's house is that was built on top of our thermostat that so the thermostat never knows how what the temperature is on our in our sanctuary anymore and it's always hot or cold in here because Pilate decided to build his house on our thermostat yeah it's not lukewarm in here amen but i tell you every bit of this took work but through our work we're going to reach people guys. through our work through our effort the effectual working of the measure of every part so if we were if we were going to make chairs, I'm going to show you guys, and I'll bring this back. And I know everybody just thinks I'm crazy, Dominic. Somebody's got to be at this end to go get the wood to make the chairs. And I'm going to show you along the way God begins to work and things begin to happen. And don't laugh at this, but I'll tell you, somewhere along the line in the church, this will go from here to there before it ever gets to here. He said, "How is that possible?" Oh, somebody went and got the work. Somebody went and got the wood. Somebody was able to go out and do that part because it takes every part. And then, uh, Bruce, you've got different skills than a lot of people. But in order to make sure that all comes together, we're going to equip you with something that helps that happen. And without that, it it doesn't. I'm going to point out something, guys. What his job and his job is very different. But without him doing his job or him doing his job, we're never going to get that. You say, well, my, I, my job's better than his job. No, you're, you're, not, you're not getting the, how, how the body works. Okay, once we get that, can I trust you with this? <laughs> if you were Pastor Dave, you would not be getting that. <laughs> to, to get this here, and you're, you're going to see the, the effectual working in the measure of every part. See, see Dominic is going to do something where he takes the material... And he passes on there to get measured, and then it gets cut. And all, all of a sudden, all of this is working together. You get the cool one, okay? You get to assemble it together. And, and you got an important part, but let me tell you right now, your part's not more important than his. And, and I'm, I'm going to give you the, the center, because nobody wants to get splinters in there. Anyway, we just, it's bad, I'm just saying it's bad. And then you make it look good at the end. I'm gonna read a verse and I'm gonna show you how spiritual, how, how literally this is what God said to do and how it works. You don't have to turn there because my actual message hasn't even come yet. We're getting there. I promise. But I promise you this makes this makes sense. And sometimes if we just don't grab a hold of what makes sense, we're not gonna get there. Listen to this, first Corinthians twelve, fourteen, for the body is not one member, but many. But if the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would the smelling? But God has set the members, every one of them, as it had pleased him. You've got a cool thing coming because you're going to be part of this in just a minute. But not one person, according to God, in the body of Christ is here by accident. Now, God said, I, I, I placed Bruce in this position. I've called Dominic. Man, I, I, I put Lloyd in this spot on purpose. I'm going to reread the verse. But don't, don't get onto me for changing scripture. Just listen to me and just humor me for a minute. If, we, if this was a chair factory and God was speaking to a chair factory. For the chair factory is not one person but many. If the tape measure shall say, because I am not the Saul, I am not the factory. He said, therefore, not the factory. If the paintbrush shall say, because I am not the sander, I am not the factory, is it therefore not the body? The whole factory, if the whole factory was a sander, how would the painting happen? But now how God has set every tool in the factory as it pleased him. Every person has a spot. Can you take your gloves off? He's going to laugh at me, I don't care, it's all right. Dominic actually works in our bus ministry. So you guys know, we are not making chairs. I love that illustration, but it's not what we're here doing. We're building lives. And I'll tell you, Bruce, I I appreciate the fact that you do this, but I'll tell you, God has a, a job for Bruce that God calls him to do that most people could not do because he's gifted to do this. And I'll tell you, when God calls tools to do something... He knows what he's doing. A lot of you probably already met Bruce. He stands at the door and he tells you, Hello, welcome to Fellowship Baptist Church. And those people, some of those people wouldn't even be here. Unless Dominic would have went and picked them up in the bus. And Chris, I'm going to take away your toy. I'm going to tell Pastor Chris, When they get here, there's all sorts of things that happen that i tell you, some of them could not do. And I I, I had to use Chris as this illustration because if I got the tech team down here to do this part, you wouldn't be able to hear me right now. (laughs) But every one of us has their part. And and I'll tell you what, this is great for making chairs. But if somebody comes to the door and they don't have somewhere to drop off their kid, it's never going to work. And all of a sudden, every one of us that have a part of what we do It all comes together for the reaching of people for the glory of God because that's how God made us. And it's not that one person's better than the other. I'm going to tell you, Carrie sang this morning and she did an excellent job. Some of you should not try to do what she did, please. (laughs) And if you can't drive a bus, the best thing to do is not get behind the wheel. And I tell you, Lloyd, I know you're gifted to teach the word of God it's something that God gave you the ability to do. But that doesn't mean that everybody in the body of Christ was designed to do that. And all of a sudden we realize as effective it is, if I was to take the wood and bring it through the illustration that I had, do you know what would come out the other end automatically every single time? Chairs. It works that way. Guys, I, I'm about to drive a point home right now, and I want you to get the grand finale of this, because this is so vital and important. Every person plays a part. Every person brings people to, to... We serve so that they we can lead them to Christ, so that they can know Him. Every one of us do that. And the beauty of this, the whole time that we're serving outward, we're loving inward, and we're praising upward... Uh, The the whole time, it's got to be there where you have the worship experience to praise God and and love God. You've got to have the connection because if you don't have that, you're going to get weak when you're trying to reach out. It's got to all be there. But here's the reality. Chris, there's a good chance somewhere in life that God could move you somewhere. So I want you to go ahead and go wherever God leads you, preferably the front pew right there. And Lloyd, I love you, but one day God could give you a sickness or an illness, and you could call me up and say, Pastor Tony, I can't be there like I could be. I appreciate you. Would you mind going back to your seat? I appreciate you helping me. Dominic, I love you to death. But You know what? You're not always going to be here. God could call you home. I'm going to use you again, so you stand back over there. Let's bring people through this process. You know what happens is people sit there and say, well, the church just doesn't work the way that it used to. Church is falling apart. People are falling through the cracks. Teaching is not as strong as it used to be. It's a shame. You know, this is the condi- you know why four to 8,000 churches close their doors every year? Because it, their churches look like this. Do you know why it's so important that you understand what we're doing? And you say, wait a minute, oh, holy cow. What if, bro, what if somebody, somebody would have came over here and pulled her into this? Now, I'm, I'm gonna hit you guys home and I'm, I'm, you guys can all be seated and I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna close with you too on this and you guys will get the principle of this as we go through this. Every, every person matters. Every one of us have there, and I, t- I spent a long time of understanding the purpose of the church. We serve both, but I'll tell you, God has not only called us to serve both, he's called us to lead others to serve both. Amen. That's what God has done. There's a story, and this is actually how I'm going to finish my message with this story. In Acts chapter 9, there was a guy named Saul, and uh, God, God saved him he sent a man called Ananias to go get him. And he said, man, he's going to be a chosen vessel unto me. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, putting his hand on him and said, Brother Saul, you, you, let me tell you, too, if you guys want to come back over here just for the sake of being in the center, this, this is what God does. God said, you know, I'm going to send somebody in your church, and they're not just to be there. God said, I, I, I'm going to use them to bring me glory. And Dominic, let me tell you something about us. The only way we're going to make disciples is the first thing that we have to do that that serve both is we have to engage them. Because let me tell you, when somebody comes into your network of you serving God, you've got to understand they're not competition. Please understand, they're not competition. Because you know what? A lot of times what we do on our job is somebody comes around and I have a gift, an ability that I do, and somebody else comes in there, I'm like, I've been doing this. This is me. It's mine. You know what happens if you're not giving this out to help other people? One day you're not going to be there. Nobody else will either. Here Jesus goes up into heaven. And everything fell apart. No, no, actually in Acts that everything didn't fall apart. Because he trained 12 men to keep it going. I have to understand... Here it is. Ananias comes up to him and embraces him and says, Brother Saul, let me pull you in. Let me teach you what I know. Let me me pull you into what I do because this is what we do. I love my job. I tell you, I love my job. But if we don't notice their potential and pull people in, we're not going to have leaders for tomorrow. If you are a leader and you've done a good job being a leader, they won't need you if you're missing. You know what we like to do when we're missing out on a job? It's, it feels good to call the church and say, hey, how did junior church go? Or how did nursery go? Or how did this go? Or whatever. Oh man, without you there today, it all fell apart. And then we feel good about it. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm needed and I need to be there and things fall apart without me. I tell you, Jesus trained them to where they could do the job without him. And we've got to understand that it's, it's not your bus. Tell me. I just knocked the love of God out of the church. <laughs> it's not your bus. It's God's bus. It's not your kids. It's God's kids. This is not my church. It's God's church. And I've got to learn that I've got to engage people to bring them right here. And you've got to engage people to put them right there. And here they are. They went and got Saul and pulled them in there and said, so You lay hands on him and you pull him in and say, God has a plan for you. See, that we not only engage them, but we must equip them. In Acts 9.19, and when they had received meat, he was strengthened. And when Saul had certain days with the disciples, which were at Damascus, we've got to give them the education that they need. We've got to help them know what we know. Let me tell you, none of us pastors preach the same. You guys have probably figured that out. But God uses some of the same things differently. Did you know that? But sometimes we get upset with the difference that is here. Not understanding that God has a plan for all those differences. Amen. And we, we've got to understand that we've got to teach them the fundamentals of what they're to do, but then let them do it the way that they were designed to do. Not everybody's going to do it the way that you do it. Equip them to know how to drive a bus or teach a class or, greet or run a computer or whatever it is. I, I love to, using tools. When, when Jordan was little, I got him a little tool set. And he loved it. He was, I found that he was good at that, so I'd educate him. This is how you use a tool. This is, this is, this is how you use a screwdriver whatever. And one day we were in our, our bedroom, and he walked in, and he raised his hand, and he said, Daddy, I did it. We went in there, and he took apart his changing table. You know what I did is I, I engaged him, I, I equipped him, and then I, I let him roll into it. Because the third thing we have to do is we have to empower the people to do it. Now, this is where it gets scary. Jesus said, go. He left them to do it. I'm going to tell you one of the reasons that we fail as a church at making disciples. When other people can't do it as well as we can, we hold back. We hold back. Now, let me give you an illustration. I'm not picking on him. I just want to, um, Mrs. Denoff led our choir for many, many years. Yeah. A legend. And what she did. And I'm, I, I, know she, I know her. And I love her. And I don't even think she's here this morning. And so I'll brag on her a little bit. 47 years. Amen. And then Pastor Tyler comes in. And he's doing this. Let me tell you. Pastor Tyler is at this end of the spectrum of growing in the job. And Mrs. Denhoff had all that experience. Don't ever sit there and expect Pastor Tyler to be Mrs. Denhoff. Right, right. But I tell you. Pastor Tyler will never be able to be what Mrs. Denhoff is. Unless we empower them to get there. But a lot of times we get really critical when they're climbing that ladder, getting where they need to be. And somebody gets up here and they're a new preacher and they're maybe fumbling around a little bit. And we're sitting out there, the ones that should be making disciples and empowering to do so. Who's preaching? And I'm not coming. I don't like him. He's not like so-and-so. We kill the church. Because they'll never be like brother so-and-so unless we equip them, engage them, and empower them to do it. And I tell you, this is not just for the pulpit or for the choir or anywhere else. This goes for the entire congregation. You are not the ownership of any ministry of this church, including myself. I I had to get over myself and have to understand that I have got to, I'm, I'm not just the pastor here, but I'm training pastors and I'm helping pastors. And I'm letting these other guys do things that I used to do all myself. And somebody got on me and says, you think you own this church? God has them in that church as much as he has them in that church and you would not be pastor today if Pastor Dinoff didn't equip you way back then and empower you to get you where you're at. Guys, we have got to have interns that serve in our church. We have got to have younger preachers get behind that pulpit. We have got to have young people get on that stage. We have got to have young people walk down the aisle and pass the uh, plates. We've got to have other people that are new that don't know and you say, they're gonna mess it up. It's okay, you did too when you first started. You did too. The disciples went up to Jesus and said, we can't even heal these people. And he said, you don't have the faith. And God stepped in and did there and taught them there. And then he taught them afterwards. You know what you do when they mess up? You pick them up and get them back in there because one day they're going to do your job. Or we're going to have a church with holes in it. You guys can be seated. This past Wednesday, we had Juan Has Got Talent. I'll tell you, I so appreciate Pastor Dave investing in this we stopped our class we normally go there engage and learn to do all these things and we stopped and we put these kids up on a stage one by one these kids begin to play the piano sing recite scripture do all this let me tell you those little kids that's 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 our next deacons and leaders and church pastors and all all man that little girl's cute (laughs) she probably takes after her daddy but I tell you, I, I love the fact that we empower and get them out there to do whatever it is because I, I'm endeavoring to be a church that teaches people that we're a family that loves God, worship Him together. And we love one another and we're there for each other and we've got each other's backs and we provoke and we care and we do all this. But then we've got to lead them to serve both because I tell you, there's more people to get out there. You know, you know what's cool? about what Jesus did, and I'll wrap it up. Jesus called the Peter, James, and John, and, or Peter and James, and he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. I'm going to correct myself as saying something. God has not called you to be fishers of men. And I know I say that all the time, but let me correct something. Jesus was saying, I'm going to take what you do and use it for my glory. You're a fisherman. Can I teach you to be a fisherman for me? Greg, you deal with finances. Jesus came up to you, he'd be like, can I teach you how to use finances for the glory of God? Amen. You use your skilled carpenter and use that for HVAC. Can I teach you how to build things for the kingdom of heaven? You, you drive buses and, and pick up kids and things. Can I teach you to be picker-upper of kids for me? I know that's not a phrase or real. <laughs> if, if you're a doctor, can I teach you how to reach people and heal people for me? And God's saying, I'll use whatever you got Amen. for the glory of God. For the glory of God. So I'm going to tell you right now, I want to do all this. Eight weeks of me preaching on this. And it wasn't just to put a banner on the wall and logos on the screen. Because I want to serve God and prepare the church for the future.